Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take aside the total, or you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.net. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Visit MyBookie.net's website today and use promo code CLAY to get a 100% sign-up bonus. MyBookie.net, promo code CLAY for a 100% bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. For entertainment purposes only, void prohibited. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 
live from the Geico Outkick Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Thursday morning. The NFL back underway. We got a big game going on tonight. We will discuss that, I'm sure. Ravens going on the road against the Bengals in a big uh, division game. All right, we'll see what happens. The Ravens looked incredible in week one, drubbing the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. Managed to survive against the Indianapolis Colts. Both teams are undefeated, and so Thursday night NFL football is off and running, and we will see how that goes tonight at about uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. So uh, that should be pretty good. On top of that, speaking of one of the seven teams that I told you should be panicked, and uh, I don't think there's any doubt that these seven teams should be panicked. The Bills, the Titans, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Lions, and the Raiders had the worst week one of anybody in the NFL. And the, one of the reasons the Bills had an awful week one was because uh, Nathan Peterman was not very good. Well, we already have got the debut of one of the rookie quarterbacks in this league. Sam Darnold went on the road against Detroit and won in Monday Night Football. And now we have got the second debut of one of the rookie quarterbacks, and that is going to be Josh Allen. The Bills have announced a new quarterback. It's happened yesterday, and I believe we have audio of that announcement. Uh, let's hear what was said. He's going to get valuable experience from being, in this case, where he's going to be this weekend in particular, uh, behind the steering wheel. There's certainly valuable experience when you can stand and watch, but as we all know, there's no substitute for the experience when you're actually behind the wheel. <sighs> Eh, you know, kind of a cliche. He was also, do we have the audio, Danny G? Evidently, he was asked whether starting Nathan Peterman was the right decision. And I think we have audio of that, whether or not that's true. I think most people who watch that game would say, yeah, you know what? I don't know that Nathan Peterman was actually the right choice. Well, it was defended. Let's listen to that. I feel like that was the right move, and I'll take that to my grave. Um, That's how I felt about it. I'm always going to try and make the right move for our football team. Sometimes it's going to work out. Sometimes it's not. And I stand by it as a leader. I stand by those, both the ones that work out and the ones that don't. So I think the big question here is, one, what are reasonable expectations uh, as the Bills play against the Chargers? Obviously, the Chargers losing week one to the Chiefs are coming into this game with a high level of uh, basically they have to win. And meanwhile, if you're a Bills fan, you're starting Josh Allen, you're thinking, okay, let's see what we've got. We had a guy at Wyoming who was not very accurate, who has a big arm, Let's see what we've got as we put him out on the field against Phillip Rivers, who has been one of the most consistently good quarterbacks in uh, the entirety of the NFL over the last uh, decade and change. And it also raises the question, now you've got two of the first-round quarterbacks starting. I think it's fair to say Lamar Jackson, as we've said for a while, was a project. He's not going to start this year unless you have a major injury situation with Joe Flacco. And But what's going to happen with... Baker Mayfield, the overall number one draft pick, who Drew Brees came out and said, you know what, I think Baker Mayfield can be better than me, which is nice of Drew Brees. There's not that much evidence of how good Baker Mayfield can be in the NFL yet, especially not as a starter going up against starting a defense, but we'll see. And then also out with the Cardinals, how long until Josh Rosen gets the nod and ends up starting for the Cardinals as well? All very intriguing. I want to bring in the crew. Uh, Danny G, how long? So we're already to two. Right? I think most people would be surprised when uh, we were doing this discussion 
back in May at some of the early training camps, if I had said, okay, by week two, two of the four first-round picks, two of the five, again, Lamar Jackson never really in the mix to start, but two of the five would already be starting by week two. Over, under, when do Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen begin to start for their respective teams? Does it happen this year? Do you believe by week 10 that every single uh, every single player who is available, right? Joe Flacco in the, in the Ravens. Again, I'm taking Lamar Jackson out. People are like, why don't you talk about Lamar Jackson? He was a first-round pick. He's not close to starting. There are four guys that I would say are in the mix. How long until all four are starting? Week 10. I'm going to say by week eight. We see all of them. All of them, yeah. Especially after the, the praise heaped on top of our boy Baker by Drew Brees. Boy, you would think Baker Mayfield's the next Joe Montana. And the way Tyrod Taylor fumbled the ball and had turnovers, and we kept hearing about, well, the thing is, he doesn't give the ball over to the other team. He doesn't turn the ball over. If that trend continues or he gets hurt, then Baker gets slid into the mix. I also think all of the pressure starts to ratchet down on, and we'll see how the Browns do, right? They tied in week one. As they win or lose, that kind of changes the pressure too. But I think a lot of people, myself included, start to ask the question, okay, you've got Josh Allen starting, and you can look, point out and say, well, Nathan Peterman is not an NFL starter. A.J. McCarron obviously was not either. And so it wasn't that difficult for Josh Allen to win that job. And then you can certainly look with the Jets and say, the decision they had to make was, okay, we'll trade Teddy Bridgewater and get a draft pick, and then do we really want Josh McCown to be our starter? What do we gain by that? You know, we're a 5-11 and 11 team with Josh McCown. Maybe we could be a little bit better with Sam Darnold, maybe not, but we start the process of figuring out how good Sam Darnold's going to be. And I think Sam Darnold is really mentally tough. Uh, if you had any doubts about that, you probably didn't watch him play at USC but he's got the mindset of an NFL defensive back where he immediately forgets everything bad that happens. You watch an NFL defensive back, he can get burned for three straight touchdowns and he still lines up across the wide receiver and he's talking trash. When you saw Sam Darnold throw that interception on the first play uh, of his career in the NFL, first pass attempt, and he got picked sixth and he's on the road and everybody is going crazy in Ford Field there in Detroit it would have been incredibly easy for him to shrink in the moment and for that game to turn into a blowout. In fact, live wagering-wise, in the immediate aftermath of that pick six, the Detroit Lions went to uh, a 14-point favorite. And uh, you know you can live dynamically wager you know, on the games. And so I'm looking at that. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what this number is going to be now. Went to 14. And if you had known at that point in time, oh man, one of these teams is going to lose by 31, would anyone have assumed it was going to be Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions that were going to lose by 31 despite already being up 7 nothing? I mean, it's going to be, in other words, a 38-point swing from that moment. The fact that Sam Darnold was mentally tough enough to rebound from that and then lead his team to a road victory in Monday Night Football is pretty uh, phenomenal and incredible for him. And so that was outstanding. And then you look at Josh Allen, you say, okay, well, if you're a Bills fan, the one thing Nathan Peterman did was set such low expectations that it's almost impossible for Josh Allen to go out and not exceed those expectations. And if you're Nathan Peterman, 
you've had two opportunities to prove that you're an NFL starting quarterback. You start at San Diego and throw five interceptions, and then you post one of the worst starting performances of all time by an NFL quarterback on the road against the Ravens. And so the expectations for Josh Allen are, look, if he doesn't come out and throw five interceptions and throw for 25 yards, then boy, this was a really successful debut for Josh Allen. But I do think it ratchets up the pressure on both the Cardinals and the Cleveland Browns to ask, okay, when are these guys going to debut? When the other guys start playing and there isn't a proven great quarterback in front of them, look, you can believe that Sam Bradford is really talented with the Cardinals. He's not the long-range future. I would be stunned if he is the long-range future of the Arizona Cardinals. You can believe that Tyrod Taylor is a decent quarterback in this league. He is not the long-range future of the Cleveland Browns. So if that is the case, why not make the decision to turn the page and start the future now? That's what I would be thinking if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan or if I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan. Let's find out now whether or not these guys are the future of our franchise. And I understand the cliche and the argument of you start a quarterback too early, you lose him forever and all of those things. But it just makes it more difficult when there are a couple of guys that are already out there playing. And look, given how little faith the Browns fans have in their organization, I'm a little bit apprehensive, to be honest with you, if I see that two other NFL franchises drafted a quarterback after we did and have already decided that he should be starting. I'd just be a little bit nervous about that in general. So you said week eight, uh, Eddie Garcia, any idea from you on when all four of the rookie quarterbacks that could be starting are going to be starting? I'm going to say around week 10. Um, I think Terod Taylor is a guy who does like to run a lot. As a matter of fact, he was most effective running with the ball against the Steelers. Uh, and, and he is a guy that puts himself in harm's way a lot. I could see him getting hurt. And, of course, we know Sam Bradford uh, is on any, any given play could go down with an injury. So, um, and plus, both of those teams, the Cardinals and the Browns, uh, aren't expected to do very well. So through injury or through, uh, you know, it's time to get the young guy in there and see if they can give us a spark, I definitely think those guys will be in there by Week 10. All right, you go with Week 10, Roberto. Before or after, over, under, Week 8, all four of these guys are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Arizona's going to suck, so why, why wait so long to just put Josh Rosen in there? I think they'll put him in there like Week 5 or so. And um, Mayfield, I think he'll be in there by week six. Yeah, it's going to be intriguing to see how this all pans out. Now, I want to go around the horn quickly here, and we'll come back and we'll break this down uh, as well. ravens Bengals. Um, the Bengals have an opportunity to start off oh, uh, start off 2-0. and Ravens have an opportunity to start off 2-0. and This division, maybe, maybe Ben Roethlisberger. That's what I want to talk about in the next segment. Do we still believe that Ben Roethlisberger is a, uh, a high-level quarterback in the NFL? In other words, would you buy stock if Ben Roethlisberger was out there on the marketplace right now? Would you buy stock in him? I got a couple of suggestions on maybe, maybe the future is not now for Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe he's no longer as good as he used to be. And if that's the case, then you would think, and we'll see a little bit on that because the Chiefs are going into Pittsburgh this weekend. I'm actually curious to see how that game plays out. But if that is the case, if Ben Roethlisberger has been a lot of attention on Le'Veon Bell, what's going to happen with the uh, with the decision uh, on Le'Veon Bell? Is he going to be back? What all these emoticons mean? But not a lot of people have looked at Ben Roethlisberger and 
my argument on Roethlisberger, and I'll, I'll lay it out for you a little bit more when we come back from this next break, is that he's as likely now to throw four interceptions as he is to throw four touchdown passes. And that the best of Ben Roethlisberger is now in the past. And if that's the case, then tonight's game between the Ravens and the Bengals is actually pretty substantial because you've got a decent idea who could contend in that division. It's probably not going to be the Browns, right? Maybe the Steelers are not that good. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger has turned the page and is moving rapidly on the downward slope of his career. If I am correct about that, and I'll lay out that argument for you next, then ravens Bengals tonight's huge because one of these teams is going to take early command of the division. You get to 2-0, and and suddenly you're like, hey, maybe, maybe this is Andy Dalton's year. I'm serious. And maybe you think, hey, drafting Lamar Jackson put a little bit of pressure on Joe Flacco, and we always know the Ravens are going to be decent on the defensive side of the ball, and maybe Joe Flacco has elevated his game in the offseason and worked a little bit harder than he did in years past because the Ravens weren't completely committed to him, obviously, if they are taking a young quarterback in the first round. We'll unpack all that. I appreciate you spending your Thursday morning with us. NFL football is back, and also college football is back. We're going to have a loaded show for you. I'll give you an idea where we're going throughout the course of the show today. We're going to talk with my guy, Drew Martin. He works at Sportsbook Review. He's going to give us some gambling picks here in a few minutes at the bottom of the hour. In hour two, we'll talk with John Morosi. A lot of the Major League Baseball um, uh, playoff race are really heating up. Playoff races are really heating up. We'll talk with him. And then in hour three, he's on this new television show that uh, feedback's been pretty good on. I'm actually impressed. Usually the internet hates everything. Certainly social media hates everything. But we're three days in on the new uh, television show, Lock It In. Feedback has been good. My guy Todd Furman will join us in hour three, make you some gambling picks for the NFL and college football as we head into the new weekend of both of those. I think you guys will enjoy that if you've watched the show. Uh, Todd's set to join us uh, every Thursday in hour three and we'll obviously talk about what uh, doing a new television show is like as well. All that's still to come. I appreciate all. Oh, and we got Jerry Rice. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, I say I should have uh, mentioned that a little bit earlier. Jerry Rice is going to join us as well. A legendary NFL wide receiver Jerry Rice uh, will uh, will stop by. And so uh, all that should be pretty fun. I appreciate all of you spending your Thursday morning with us. And I got to tell you, as you roll into the weekend, um, a lot of people out there, are making the decision, you know what? There are a lot of games out there, and uh, I am generally interested, a lot of you are saying, in wagering on games. Well, you can get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game action live on every major league event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.net than today. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Get in on the action. Visit MyBookie.net's website today and use promo code CLAY to get a 100% sign-up bonus. That's C-L-A-Y 
for all the Alabama fans out there. MyBookie.net, promo code CLAY for 100% bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Tupac bringing us back. Danny G, you got something to say, share with uh, Tupac here? Yeah, today is a day in history that's sad, especially for us West Coast riders. 22 years ago today, we lost Tupac. So this was... Uh, September 13th, 1996 is when he died in the hospital there in Vegas. Yeah, th- uh, so was this uh, the day also of the Mike Tyson fight, or did he day the- die the day after? No, no, no. He was in the hospital for, God, I want to say a good week. That's why everybody thought he was going to pull through. So last week, in fact, uh, there the picture, that famous picture of him and Suge in the car and, and Pox wearing that green basketball jersey, a lot of people posted that picture last week saying this... This is the day where the last picture of Tupac ever was taken. He was only 26 years old, right? Born in 1971. I mean, that's what's crazy about uh, about how young he was when all that happened uh, and how famous he became at such a young age. But I, I can't even imagine in the modern social media age if you had both of these murders not being decided. You know, I know they've had a lot of different investigations as to who might be involved, it's wild to think about uh, about both of those things happening in the modern era uh, when social media is as prevalent and as active as it is, and then to not have anybody get caught. You know, the truth of the matter is probably, you'd probably have a huge investigation spiraling around social media as active as everybody is on social media. I think there's probably a good chance that you would find out and give you, you know, there'd be all sorts of clues. I mean, it's scary, but when you talk to police, I was having a conversation with a police officer recently and he was like man you know what's crazy about kids today he's like everybody talks about how generations are different but he said so much of the violence now spirals out of social media he was just kind of you know walking me through I'm always kind of intrigued as to uh, you know what the day in and day out job of a police officer is and uh, and I was talking to a detective recently and he was saying you know what it's it's wild when you get into these investigations now we're trying to decipher a lot of times suspects and everything else and figuring out where these uh, disagreements come from so many of them come out of social media and you know guys talking tough to each other on social media and you know it's a public forum and when that public forum guys call out each other and then it leads to physical violence and sometimes you're trying to figure out who's responsible for that physical violence and it leads us to trying down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what happened with social media it's wild um, so I wanted to, uh, to, to to mention in general this Ben Roethlisberger idea. And we talked about this some on Lock It In yesterday. And when you actually go look at the data on this, it's pretty wild to think about. Is the degree to which Ben Roethlisberger has become overnight over the past couple of years a very middle-of-the-road quarterback at times. He still has a high level of achievement. He can still play spectacularly well but what's crazy is the degree to which Ben Roethlisberger has at times become one of the least reliable quarterbacks in the NFL when you look at the data on all of his interceptions I'm going to hit you with those here uh, momentarily but first I've got to tell you all about TrueCar and uh, in order to do that I would have to have Wi-Fi working in my house because here we go the Wi-Fi is now working and I'm telling you right now Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. TrueCar shows you what other people paid for the car you want 
so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience if i told you over the last two years that the quarterback who has thrown the most started games and thrown the most interceptions is deshaun kaiser i think a lot of you would say you know what i can totally see that deshaun kaiser wasn't really ready to be put into uh, the role of a starting quarterback it's not a surprise to me that Deshaun Kaiser would have maybe more of uh, more interceptions than almost anybody else, right? That wouldn't stun you. I think a lot of you would say, okay, that makes total sense. You know who's in second place? Ben Roethlisberger. I think a lot of you out there are going to say, whoa, like this is kind of crazy. And we talked about this on Lock It In, but here is the uh, here's the data for you, which to me is just like really amazingly eye-opening. It is that of all the quarterbacks out there with – interceptions, and uh, in games. And by the way, it's not just the most games with interceptions. Deshaun Kaiser won, Ben Roethlisberger's two. Roethlisberger also has the second most interceptions in a game, multi-interception games over the last several years. So again, my thesis when I went in to look at this data was it seems to me like Ben Roethlisberger has a lot of high interception, lose control of games, situations in the past couple of years. And we just saw one against the Browns, which is why I was thinking about this. So I'm curious, over the past couple of years, what does the data actually reflect on Ben Roethlisberger? And so think about this for a minute. He has the second most games where he has thrown an interception behind Deshaun Kaiser in the past two years. And he has the second most multi-interception games in all of the NFL over the past two years. And a lot of this, I think, has gotten masked because we talk about Le'Veon Bell and because I think the Steeler offense is so explosive. They score so many points. But Roethlisberger, at the very end of his career, has become very high risk, very high reward. And he reminds me a little bit of, of Brett Favre at the end of his career where he's equally as likely to go out and throw four touchdowns as he is to go out and throw four interceptions. You say, well, why does that matter? I think it's hard to rely right now on Ben Roethlisberger in this Steeler offense without Le'Veon Bell. James Conner's been fine. But what's going on with Ben Roethlisberger? Now, we'll see what happens this weekend against the uh, Chiefs. The Vegas is obviously a believer in Ben Roethlisberger. The uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers opened as a five point favorite over the uh, over the Chiefs, despite how good the Chiefs looked against the Chargers in Week One. But to me, this is an intriguing storyline to pay attention. How reliable is Ben Roethlisberger as we go uh, down the uh, down the stretch here? We'll see. Uh, but let me go ahead and bring in uh, Eddie Garcia. Eddie, are you with me? Um, have you started to question a little bit Ben Roethlisberger and whether he's reliable as a starting quarterback in the league right now? Uh, no. Um, Why not? Well, you because... I mean, does he, that surprise you, though, that data? No. That he has thrown... It doesn't. He, that's been his, his whole career. He's, he's been that kind of guy. He throws it around. He takes chances. He holds onto the ball when the pocket's collapsing and tries to complete passes. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But if you look at his career stats throughout his career, he always throws you know, the high 20s for touchdowns and somewhere, you know, 13, 14, 15 interceptions every year. He, he does that for almost his entire career. He's had a couple of really good years, but for the most part, the bulk of his career is, you know, 27, 28, 29 touchdowns and 
14, 15, 16 interceptions a year. I, I, I just thought those numbers, when I actually got them and looked them up, that he would be second in most games that he has thrown an interception in over the past two years and that he would be second in most multi-interception games really kind of surprised me. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser being number one, obviously it was a really bad year for Deshaun Kaiser. And even when uh, Aaron Rodgers was out and Deshaun Kaiser had to come in and Khalil Mack just victimized him, stripped sack, fumble, interception, return for a touchdown. But that really kind of surprised me in general. I, I did not anticipate seeing that data. What you got for us on the uh, on the update? Well, let's give you a Geico scoreboard from Major League Baseball where the Red Sox get their 100th win of the season, beating the Blue Jays 1-0. First time since 1946 the Red Sox have won 100 games in a season. Brewers beat the Cubs 5-1. Milwaukee now one game back of Chicago in the NL Central race. The Rockies walk off with a 5-4 win over the Diamondbacks. Arizona's now three and a half back of Colorado in the NL West, and the Rockies still have a game and a half lead on L.A. for first in the division with the Dodgers beating the Reds 8-1. Cardinals lose to the Pirates 4-3. St. Louis now is uh, down to two games as far as their lead for that last wildcard spot in the National League over L.A. Astros beat the Tigers 5-4 while the A's beat up on the Orioles 10-0, so Houston still has a three-game lead on Oakland for the AL West lead. A's did move one game back of the Yankees for the number one wildcard spot in the American League with New York losing to Minnesota 3-1. News from the NBA where Oklahoma City Thunder star Russell Westbrook had arthroscopic surgery on his knee just 13 days before the start of training camp. He will miss all of the NBA preseason. They hope he'll be ready for the start of the regular season, which is October 16th when the Thunder will take on the Warriors. This update brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. We are indeed in the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We bring in now Drew Martin at Drew Martin Bets on Twitter. He works at sportsbookreview.com. Drew, we've got an NFL game going on tonight, Thursday night NFL action. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Bengals going up um, against uh, – who are the Bengals playing? The Bengals are going up against the Ravens. you have a strong lean in this uh, this game at all? Um, Clay, you know, with the Thursday night game, I, I, I kind of agree with this market movement here with Baltimore opening two-point favorites. Now it's uh, down to uh, Cincinnati at either Pickham or laying one at home. I agree with this move, low total here. So, uh, yeah, gun to head, I'd go with the Bengals. I was just talking right before we brought you in about how Ben Roethlisberger, obviously the same division there as the game that's going on tonight, has turned into a bit of an unreliable quarterback on a day-to-day basis. Have you gotten that sense? Have you noticed it? Or are you still a big believer that Ben Roethlisberger is a top five-ish guy as a quarterback in the NFL? No, Clay. I, I would put multiple quarterbacks in, in front of uh, Big Ben here. I think that he's kind of a, a little bit overrated. You know, his mobility has, has dropped in, in recent years. Um, and really, the Steelers overall, their offensive performance just hasn't been there. I, uh, I I would definitely drop Ben Roethlisberger as far as my overall quarterback ratings, and I, I don't really have the Pittsburgh Steelers as a bet on team at all. Yeah, no, it's intriguing for sure. All right, let's go into uh, let's go into college football, which also kicks off uh, tonight, and we've got a couple of really big games, I would say. And I know you've paid a lot of attention to these teams over the years. I can't figure out, even though I bet on it, uh, after looking at it over and over and over again, what's going to happen in LSU-Auburn. I mean, I think it's maybe the most intriguing game of the opening weekend in terms of how significant it is. Is Auburn going to be a high-level elite team like they looked when they beat Washington at times 
and or is LSU drastically underrated and are they going to perform multiple weeks like they did in their opener when they just beat down Miami? Uh, LSU going on the road at Jordan-Hare in Auburn. What's going to happen in your mind? Well, Clay, I know you, you know these, these two home, home field advantages, two of the strongest in all of college football. And I'll tell you, just to throw out a couple stats to, to kind of reemphasize that point, the home team has won the last five and 16 of the last 18 between Auburn and LSU. And it also stands up against the spread. It's eight and one last nine games for the home team. Obviously, this one in Jordan-Hare, I think that favors Auburn a lot. And just last week, LSU against Southeast Louisiana, who out-first down them 18-15. to 15. That's against an FCS team. That's an important stat for me handicapping. LSU also allowed a Hail Mary TD conversion right before halftime. I believe only scored 31 points, so really only 24 points against the FCS team. I think it's pretty worrisome. Joe Burrow was only 10 of 20. So a lot of public perception for LSU, you know, a lot of eyeballs saw them perform well against Miami. I would actually kind of bet against that here. All the home field advantage towards Auburn. I think they have the better quarterback, the better defensive line. And uh, if you can find a nine and a half, I would go all Auburn. I still like it at 10. So, uh, yeah, I'm on the War Eagles. We're talking to Drew Martin. He works at sportsbookreview.com. You can go check out Sportsbook Review. They're basically a, uh, a site where you can check out all the different lines that exist anywhere, offshore, Vegas, everywhere else, try to find the best number. Like he just mentioned, there's oftentimes a big difference between, let's say, getting Auburn 9.5 and, and Auburn 10 when it comes to how this game's going to uh, play out. Ohio State still without Urban Meyer serving the final game of his suspension. They are playing against TCU. They're around a two-touchdown favorite in this game. The other biggest game, I would say, of the opening week uh, of this weekend coming up of the uh, of college football. Who you got? Well, Clay, in this way, it's funny because you actually brought me on right after uh, Urban Meyer was announced uh, going to be out for the first three games. Asked me all about you know what I thought of Ohio State going into the three games I said not much changed and I'll tell you you know with Ryan Day coming in I doubt Ohio State has him as a coordinator next year I think he's going to get a head coaching position especially if he wins this game and another market reading here Clay there's 13 and a halves pretty much all across the board and uh, actually if you look at SBR odds right now um Chris which is bookmaker to American facing clients is at 14 and they tend to to kind of cater towards the sharper betters. So a lot of money, the sharper betters are, are on Ohio State here. I'm kind of indecisive. You know, Devontae Turpin, uh, the really athletic guy, really fast, already matched his reception and punt return yards from last year for TCU. And Gary Patterson's a hell of a coach as well. One thing to keep in mind, though, this isn't a home game for TCU. It is at, uh, what, AT&T Stadium there, Jerry's World. So it's a short drive. But um, it, it's enough to to not make me bet on TCU as a home as a as a home dog here. Uh, other game featuring two top twenty five teams: Boise State, Oklahoma State. Both teams have come out offensively and scored at a high level, uh, averaging over fifty six points each. Uh, what happens here? I'm on the over. Is that too simplistic, or how do you see this one playing out? No, I could see the over, but actually, Clay, I, I like a side here. You know, I, I like Boise State being able to go into Stillwater and, and win this game outright. I would put points in my pocket. You know, Boise State's quarterback, Brett Rippon, 73% on the year, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. And Oklahoma State's quarterback, uh, Cornelius, here, he is a senior, but he's kind of waited his turn. And this will be, you know, really his first action against a, a team at 
the kind of the same caliber. He threw two interceptions last week for South Alabama. That's not real promising. And also, I'm not sure what's going on there at Stillwater, but Oklahoma State, the last five years as a home favorite, is only 10, 11, and 1 straight up. So it's kind of concerning there. I actually like Boise State to go in there and win. If you can find a three, I like it. Two and a half, I still like it. So I'm on the Broncos, Clay. All right, what's your favorite couple of plays? Again, at Drew Martin Betts, you can find him on Twitter. Uh, we'll let you go with this one. What are your favorite couple of plays as we move into the new weekend? Well, in the big games, the late night one, if, uh, you know, I guess the degenerate special here, it's still a big game. Uh, Washington, Utah. I actually like the Utes plus six and a half. I know they were down last week. Uh, they, they still covered against Northern Illinois. But uh, it was a real tough spot for him. And kind of fading Jake Browning. Three interceptions, first two games. Two interceptions just last week against North Dakota. Going against the Kyle Whittingham coach defense. I like the Utes. And uh, getting into the deep, dark depths of FBS football, Clay, if that's all right, going to the MAC. I like Buffalo minus three against Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan winning one of their biggest games of program history against Purdue last week. Going to fade them here. Buffalo running 86 plays per game with Tyree Jackson at the quarterback position. Like them to kind of uh, take advantage of a tired Eastern Michigan defense. Also, Northern Illinois, Central Michigan. Um, Northern Illinois, their defense held Utah to only 17 points and 73 plays per, per, uh, per game here for for Northern Illinois versus 64 Central Michigan. Central Michigan's one of the slowest-paced teams in the nation. I like the under 45. Uh, I don't know. How much time do we have left, Clay? That's, that's good. You gave us a bunch. Uh, <laughs> go follow him on, uh, on Twitter at DrewMartinBets, sportsbookreview.com. You mentioned, he can, he mentioned how you can go check out the different lines and hopefully get the best number out there. I am Clay Travis. Final segment of Hour 1 up next. Going to talk a little bit about that LSU Auburn game and also Ohio State going up against TCU, the two biggest games in college football. I'll tell you what I like about them and don't like about them next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Summer's still here, which means it's time to get to the ballpark. But without a working car battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers free battery testing so you can be a part of the action with free services from AutoZone. You can't lose. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Also, out on the road, OnStar has your back. Be uh, Our specially trained advisors are ready to help when the unexpected happens. OnStar, be safe out there. Speaking of being safe out there, the hurricane moving closer and closer to the coast of North and South Carolina, Georgia, uh, Virginia, a little bit in play as well. I know many of you are listening to us uh, I believe that hurricane is supposed to start to hit tonight-ish uh, uh, on the uh, on the time that the uh, the hurricane will be arriving, and uh, we'll obviously be talking about that some in the morning tomorrow because I, I know a lot of you, frankly, are going to be relying. I'm bet- betting that a lot of power will immediately go down, and you'll be relying on the radio to keep you updated a little bit. So we will try and help you out some in the morning because we've got so many affiliates in North and South Carolina, Virginia and Georgia all down along the coast and interior parts of those states. We'll try and uh, help you guys out tomorrow morning. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, I hope you're all as safe as you can be and you are taking uh, precautions because the storm looks like it might hang out. And in terms of the high wind velocity, it doesn't appear that this storm is going to be massively uh, substantial in that respect. But very often it's the flooding that these storms bring that creates the biggest issue 
And so, uh, especially if the storm is slow moving and sits over some of these regions and some of these areas, the amount of rain that's going to arrive is going to be, uh, frankly, catastrophic, I think, for many different parts of those states. So uh, we'll be uh, thinking about you, and we'll be trying to stay on top of it uh, with you as best we can. Uh, In much less serious news, I have been paying a lot of attention to this LSU-Auburn game. In particular, I just, I mean, you just heard Drew Martin bets with that saying, hey, 16 of the last 18 games uh, have been won by the home team. To me, this is a big, huge game in the college football playoff picture because we're going to find out whether LSU is for real on Saturday or not. Now, I know LSU got the big win over Miami, but frankly, I have not been a believer in what Coach O is doing at LSU. And he's 7-2 and two against the number Coach O is in, uh, is in the last nine. Last year, he won nine football games. But to me, LSU has got a brutal schedule. And they already got one massive win over Mark Rick and, uh, and Miami. But is LSU capable of going on the ra- road and playing at a high level against Auburn? Flip side, Auburn already has a win over Washington. Was that a, uh, a win that Auburn is going to be able to build on in the weeks and months ahead? And is Auburn a legitimate threat to make the playoff like they were last year with Jared Stidham and co.? Or is Auburn not as good as we were anticipating they would be? This is the second big test for Auburn. Now, I tend to think that Auburn is going to come out and on Monday morning we're going to come in here and we're going to say, man, Auburn is really good. I think this is a potential Auburn takes a rocket ship next step move with Auburn. But I'm prepared also to come in here and say, you know what? My big fearless prediction when we came into this season in college football was that we were going to see a 6-6 six and six, uh, LSU Tiger football team, that they were just going to be okay. Well, certainly they proved me wrong in week one against Miami. If LSU goes on the road and is capable of beating Auburn, in the fourth quarter this game is undecided and Auburn and LSU are in a dogfight, I just got to admit, you know what? Maybe I was wrong about Coach O. This is a big statement game for LSU. Now, I know LSU's got a lot more big games. They got to play Alabama. They got to play Florida. They've got a a, a totally loaded schedule in general. But to me, this is a Coach O can prove all his doubters wrong game. And I know LSU fans are out there like, hey, we already won the Miami game. I'm not sold on how good Miami is. I'm not sold, frankly, on anybody in the state of Florida except maybe Central Florida. Florida Gators haven't been very good. Florida State's been awful. Miami, very bad in their first game against LSU. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the state of Florida in general. But this game, I've got circled. I think this one is going to be big, massive for the SEC West and trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen. We'll be talking about it, I think, a ton going forward. Uh, Hour three, we're going to talk with Jerry Rice. Up next, we'll talk to John Morosi in hour two. I've also got an interesting data point here. Which schools are the biggest and the most lucrative in all of college sports. Which college football programs are the most lucrative? Some of these names are going to surprise you. We'll talk about it next. There's one school that's really going to blow your mind. That's what you call a tease, boys and girls. This Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, hour number two, Thursday edition here. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. As we begin week three of the college football season and week uh, two of the NFL season, it's an interesting story out from Forbes. Um, and uh, I, I thought this was pretty, uh, pretty intriguing. Every year they go and look at uh, who college football's most valuable teams are. And they assess based on the uh, revenue that's being produced and everything else. And they say, you know what? Let's try and uh, and figure out which of these programs is doing the best, which is the most valuable, and everything else. And I thought this was pretty intriguing. Um, I think we've done this before on the show. But uh, I'm going to bring in the crew. And also, Dub, I believe, is uh, is there. Probably, he may have fallen asleep in the studio. We haven't given out the phone line yet. We're here, 877 877- Nine nine six six three six nine. Load up the phone lines on this question: uh, Which are the most valuable teams in college football? It's an interesting question, right? Because we move into week three, and uh, and Forbes has got this big article up, and I've seen a lot of people talking about this story. And I thought, you know what, this would be fun for uh, the Outkick crew to try and put together a top ten ish of the most valuable football programs. In America, this is Forbes has ranked college football's most valuable teams, and I've obviously got the list in front of me right now. And I'm asking you guys not to look at that list, but there are some surprising, I think, kind of results in general. It puts into context how big some of these programs are. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. So I'm going to put everybody on the spot in the LA studio where yep. everybody's not necessarily massive college football fans. All right, I've got the list in front of me right now. No cheating. Okay. Danny G, what would you, if you had to guess one program, what do you think the biggest program in college football is? Well, none of us have this list open. We didn't even know you were going to do this, but we've talked about this on the show. I want to say two years ago when the show first started, if my memory serves me correct, we talked about how much the Texas program made money. I want to say A&M. Yeah, you immediately stole a lot of thunder there because are they are the, they number one? Yeah, this this is a great example, yeah. and, and this is what I really wanted to get to. This is a great example of the value of the Southeastern Conference brand because when Texas A and M made the decision to leave the Big Twelve, they said, you know, this is a generational decision. The Aggies obviously had a tough game against Clemson. They're paying $75 million to Jimbo Fisher. You start to look around at some of those numbers. They've remade Kyle Field. The value of the price of oil, uh, a barrel of oil, has not hurt A&M over the years. I remember I was down there and spoke at one of their big events, and they said, look, there were three things that were massive to the growth of Texas A&M football. One was the SEC. Two was the price of oil. And three was Johnny Manziel and Kevin Sumlin having that incredible season in the first year yep. of SEC football. So when you walk into Kyle Field now, there you feel like you're walking in the luxury suite area. You feel like you are walking into a Vegas nightclub. I mean, it's that nice or a really high-end Vegas hotel. The amount that was raised and the amount that's being spent on the best suites in Kyle Field, it will blow your mind. So this is this this is a, an amazing kind of trajectory of a story. Texas A and M uh, uh, right now had revenue. Uh, this is according to Forbes of 148 million dollars. Their athletic, their college football program, and they made a 148. 
Yeah, 148 million. Damn. And they made a profit. This is the most amazing part. They made a profit of 107 million dollars. Now, profit is a little bit of a uh, quotation mark there because the way that athletic departments work in college, football basically makes all the money and it pays for everything else in a college's athletic department. So, women swimmers get scholarships because of the money that football spends off and they then, you know, take the cost of women swimming or men's track and field or whatever else. Obviously, those are not big spectator sports. So, football funds everything in athletics. And so Texas A&M is number one on the list. Eddie Garcia. And I think that's a story that if we had been doing this show like eight years ago and I'd come on, I said, hey guys, I got a prediction for you. I think Texas A&M is going to be the biggest college football program in the country. I think a lot of you would have rolled your eyes and said, oh, Craig Clay, this is a crazy prediction. There's no way that's ever going to happen. The Texas A&M Aggies, according to Forbes, are now the biggest and most valuable football brand college football brand in the country that's something that I think a lot of people right now listening to us across the country are like wow because I don't think Texas A&M has the same kind of national brand as some of these other schools that you're going to hear on the list Eddie Garcia who would you point to oh I don't if you're talking about uh, why Texas A&M is, is now no on the top? no no I'm saying like if you were guessing what I want I'm sorry let me be clear here 877-996-6369 I'm gonna let people guess but who else would you bring up like, what other programs out there would you say, oh, I expect for this school to be in the top 10? I'd have to say Alabama. Alabama is a good guess. And let me pull up the official list here. Alabama is number four on the list. But I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, man, Alabama's uh, college football revenue, according to Forbes, $127 million. They made $59 million in profit. But I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, man, I wouldn't have ever believed that Texas A&M would be $20 million a year more in revenue than Alabama when you consider all of the success that Alabama has had. I, I would be one of those people. I would yeah. be one of those people. Uh, I, I think, again, it's a testament to how smart the decision Texas A&M made to join the SEC was, to the, the price of the barrel of oil, which certainly has happened, but also to them taking dis- making decisions and capitalizing on early success in the SEC and putting, frankly, their program in a stratosphere that nobody else can touch. And that's why they could afford to go out and pay $75 million to Jimbo Fisher. They just sat down with him and said, hey, you're not going to be able to say no to us. And to put it in perspective, their college football program does almost twice the revenue that Florida State does. So a lot of people out there here, why would Jimbo Fisher leave Florida State to go to Texas A&M? Texas A&M is a much more wealthy program. They got a lot more money to spend. Florida State couldn't match Texas A&M with the money. And Texas A&M basically said, hey, we're going to apply dump truck of uh, cash theory here. And there's really uh, a big drop-off. We'll do the top 11 because there's a big drop-off in terms of college football revenue after uh, the top uh, 11 programs on here. This is according to Forbes. Uh, do we have Dub? Are you out there uh, fielding calls? 877-996-6369. Dub, I know you're a uh, college football fan. What, oh, yeah. uh, what program would you point out? Like, Who do you think stands out on this Forbes list? Well, I don't have it in front of me, but I would have to guess that uh, Notre Dame would certainly be in the top 10. All right, so Notre Dame is uh, is a good guess, and according to this list, they are number seven on the list. They did $112 million in revenue uh, as a uh, college football program, and so um, I, I think in general that probably does not surprise a lot of people. But again, 
I think Texas A&M being substantially bigger than Notre Dame, I think that's something that would surprise uh, a lot of people. I'm taking your calls, 877-996-6369. Let's go to AJ in Tyler, Texas. AJ, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Excellent. I can't complain either. Well, uh, that's crazy. I actually called about Texas A&M right before you started talking about them. So that was going to be my big guess. I started school there uh, actually, you know, right when Johnny Manziel was in his junior year. And the whole program was insane. He turned the whole entire program around. And in the coming years, you know, they started getting this stadium renovations and and the whole city was growing, and I, they grew the they grew the student population, I believe, from forty thousand to sixty thousand in the last couple of years. And in the town, it, in that traffic, five o'clock traffic time, typically in school, you you will, you're going to wait about an hour to get from one side of town to the other, and it's not a very big town. So if that doesn't tell you just a little bit right there, even the student population. Uh, is, is just grown tremendously for Texas A&M. It's huge, and and a lot of it, you know, can be accredited to uh, Johnny Manziel for sure. He made that he made that atmosphere a real fun one to be around, and, and even now with Jimbo Fisher, the excitement is real. Yeah, no, uh, my second you guess ta- though. Yeah, take another guess. Uh, my second guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and try to go with a sleeper. What I would think um, the uh, the wannabe national champs. I'm gonna say UCF. I feel like they'd be up there. Yeah, that's a uh, the, thanks for the call. That's a, an awful guess. A lot of good call there from AJ, making a lot of sense. I'm nodding my head. I'm thinking, you know, this guy knows exactly what Texas A&M. He was gonna he was gonna guess number one on the list of college football's uh, most valuable teams. He was gonna go with Texas A&M, but Danny G stepped in and stole it from him. And then he goes with UCF, and they are not remotely in the top. T- they are not remotely in the top twenty-five. Not even close. Uh, Lucas uh, in Bakersfield, California. Lucas, what you got, man? Hi, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing excellent. Uh, but I have to say, probably Michigan. Uh, Michigan, I feel like, has a good football program. I know that Jim Harbaugh has a lot of uh, scrutiny on him with this season, but, uh, but revenue-wise, I feel like with the big house, I feel like they have to be on the top ten. Yeah. Along with Ohio State. Yeah, good guess uh, on Michigan. Michigan comes in at number three overall. Michigan did $127 million in football revenue, $75 million in profit. Now, $75 million, some people are saying, why can't you pay the players? Well, first of all, you have to pay all the athletes under scholarship according to Title IX. So you'd have to pay the same amount to a men's football player as you would to a women's diver. If you're on scholarship, you would have to be all treated the same. And secondly, the football team's money that they produce all rolls into the athletic department to fund everybody else. So football is typically, and maybe men's basketball, the only two sports that colleges make money on. A couple of schools make money on women's basketball. UConn, University of Tennessee, it's relatively rare, incredibly rare, for any athletic department out there, any college athletic department to make money on anything other than football or uh, or uh, men's basketball. And frankly, a lot of football programs lose money. These at the very top of the echelon do not lose money. Uh, Benton in Charlotte. What's up, Benton? Hey, Clay. Just riding out this hurricane. It's about to hit. Um, had a, uh, a comment. Wasn't it Michelle Beadle that said she was quitting uh, watching football because it was sexist? Uh, and I yeah, wonder- and racist, too. I think she said it was sexist yeah, and yeah. racist. 
Well, I wonder how she feels, how sexy she feels that it's subsidizing all the women's programs in college athletics. No, uh, it's a good point. And a lot of people who are uh, criticizing football out there who like other athletics, certainly in college, like every women's scholarship that exists in a college athletics major program is being paid for by football. And by the way, small men's sports too, track and field, you know, uh, a, a lot of these different sports otherwise would not exist but for football. It is the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to major college athletics. You got a guess for me? Uh, I don't. Wow, no guess. All right, good luck, by the way. By the way, in Charlotte, what's uh, what's the impact expected to be in Charlotte from the storm? Uh, uh, here in about a day and a half, about 50, 60-mile-an-hour winds. Um, I'm probably going to take my ass to Nashville. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I saw the news, by the way, uh, if you happen to be listening, the University of Tennessee, and you got kids, the University of Tennessee said if you're from North or South Carolina and you're relocating for the storm, you can come watch their game against UTEP for free. Uh, that might be more punishment. I don't know. But at least they're making that offer. That's out there. Uh, Chad in Tennessee, he's on the Outkick VIP line. Uh, you can sign up for Outkick VIP uh, if you go to outkick.com. Chad, what's up? Hey, Clay, I, I want to stay in the state of Texas and say the Texas Longhorns have always had a ton of money, and I think they would be up there top five easily. Number two. So we've gotten the top three really, top four really quickly. Uh, Texas A&M, uh, the Texas Longhorns, Michigan Wolverines, and Alabama Crimson Tide are all in the top four, and then also Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Let's knock these out in a hurry. We're going to talk to John Morosi next, but I was fascinated by this Forbes list of the biggest college football programs as we roll into week three of the uh, of the uh, the week. Let's see here. Who's next, Dub? Who should I go to? We got Michael in Brooklyn. Michael in Brooklyn. What's up, Michael? Hey, Clay. I think Ohio State. I didn't hear if anybody said that. Nobody has and, said um, Ohio State yet. Yeah, the Buckeyes are number five overall, and it, it kind of raises some interesting uh, things here about the top five. A&M and Texas, competition makes everybody better. A&M and Texas are going back and forth like crazy. They are the first and the second biggest uh, athletic departments when it comes to college football in the country. The biggest and most valuable programs, according to Forbes, Texas A&M one, uh, Texas Longhorns two, Michigan is number three, and Ohio State is five. Uh, Ohio State, about $7 million behind in value, uh, according to Forbes' list. That's the top five now. Alabama's at four. Notre Dame is at seven. Let's go to uh, Derek in Charleston, South Carolina. Good luck surviving the uh, the storm. I believe it's Charleston, South Carolina. It might be Charleston, West Virginia. Where are you, Derek? Yeah, no, no Charleston, South Carolina. I'm actually on my way to Michigan. That was going to be one of my guesses. Um, but if we got the top five now, I'm going to say – either uh, USC, um, the Trojans, or um, the Florida, University of Florida. All right, so the Florida Gators are 10. Uh, they are at $111 million. And, and USC is a big-time program on the West Coast, but they're all the way down at 18. And uh, a big reason why is the Pac-12's television contract is not anywhere near as valuable. Let's go to uh, – who should I go to next? Let's go to Luke uh, in Missouri. Luke, what you got for me? Uh, I'm going to go University of Oregon with all the Nike money. Yeah, it's a good guess. Oregon's actually number 12 overall. They are the highest Pac-12 team on this entire list. College football's most valuable team, the Oregon Ducks, are at number 12 overall. Brian in Atlanta on the Outkick VIP line. Brian, what's up? Well, I haven't heard Auburn or Tennessee. I would think one of those would be in the top two. All right, so you're knocking out uh, Brian in Atlanta going with Auburn. Auburn is number eight overall. 
and Tennessee is number 11 overall. So we only have, uh, I believe, uh, let's see, two programs left. Two programs left on this list. I said the top 11. Big drop-off between Tennessee and Oregon. Tennessee is 11 and does uh, $108 million in revenue, $60 million in profit, and then you drop down to $92 million for uh, the Oregon Ducks. Again, this is according to Forbes. Uh, let's go to uh, OG in uh, Van Leer, Tennessee. I don't. Where is Van Leer? And OG, evidently, he's been wiped out there. Uh, Nathan in uh, Vermont. What you got for me, Nathan? Well, I was going to say Oregon or something else. Today. I was going to go with Florida State. FSU, you know, I kind of gave this one away a little bit ago because uh, it explains why Jimbo Fisher was willing to leave. Florida State is about a little bit less, about 60% as big as Texas A&M. Florida State, $88 oh, wow. million. And Texas A&M's $148 million. So if you wondered, if you're out there and you're like, man, this kind of seems like a lateral move or maybe even a move down. Florida State's won national championships. Jimbo Fisher is going to Texas A&M. Uh, that, is, uh, that is pretty wild. I'll go ahead and give you, because uh, we got loaded lines, but we got to get to Morosi, right, Danny G? Yeah, we have John Morosi with our baseball talk coming up next. Yeah, so uh, let me go ahead and give you these. So I'll give you the last couple. Um, LSU. Uh, yep, the Tigers yep. are at number nine overall. Are the Sooners and, in there? Yeah, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Oklahoma Sooners are at number six overall. So just to run through this really quickly, this according to Forbes, can win some bar bets with this one uh, because you pull out your phone, you can prove it. I don't think very many people are going to know Texas A&M is the most valuable team in college football, according to Forbes magazine. Number two overall, Texas Longhorns. Three, the Michigan Wolverines. Four, Alabama Crimson Tide. Five, Ohio State. Six, Oklahoma, seven, Notre Dame, eight, Auburn, nine, LSU, 10, the Florida Gators, 11, Tennessee, 12, the Oregon Ducks. And if you're interested in top 15 or so, uh, Arkansas, Penn State, and South Carolina are the rest of the top 15, according to this list. I'll tweet out this uh, right off the top here in the next uh, couple minutes, and you guys can go check that out. And again, I think you could likely to be able to to win some decent amounts of, uh, of gambling dollars there on Texas A&M. I don't think most people know that. I don't think most people know how lucrative it has been to go to uh, the SEC for Texas A&M. But we do know that a lot of you are big football fans, and during football, you like to wager on games. And you can get in all the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take aside the total, or you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even esports. No better time to join MyBookie.net than today. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Get in on the action. Visit MyBookie.net's website today and use promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, to get a 100% sign-up bonus. MyBookie.net, promo code CLAY for a 100% bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. 
Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well. Borrow up to $40,000 to pay off your high interest debt or credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash iHeart today and check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash iHeart. All loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. We bring in John Morosi as we do every Thursday, usually in this hour. Uh, John, Boston Red Sox or the field? Let's jump right into it. I asked you this last week. They've now clinched a playoff berth. They're sitting at 146. Incredible run. Uh, who you got? The field. Uh, and actually, Clay, here's here's one thing to keep in mind as you ponder what the playoffs could look like. In only one of the years since the MLB adopted the, the two wild card team format, so it's since 2012 when we've now had a wild card game that, that has those, those two teams playing before the division series, in only one of the years since then, have both number one seeds advanced in the division series. And that was 2013. The Red Sox actually were one of those two teams. Uh, and, and in fact, Clay, in all those years, the, the wild card game winners have a better record than the top seeds have. I think it's 26 and 24 in the total games. And so one of those two teams, right now it's the Cubs or the, or the Red Sox, history says, we'll lose. And there are a number of reasons for that. I think that the biggest one, though, is the wild card game winner has that momentum of, uh, of winning a huge winner-take-all game at the beginning of the playoffs. And there's that exhale and relaxation, uh, whereas the top seed is, is sitting at home. And we have seen many times, Clay, in this, in this particular sport of baseball, because it's such a rhythm, everyday game. That, that the weight that the number one seed has takes them out of their rhythm, and they've, they've, all they've done for three or four days is take batting practice and hear uh, and, and stay home and hear about how they're supposed to win. And whereas the other team is coming in there with nothing to lose, they're relaxed and they're more in rhythm, and, they, and, and about half of the time they win. So uh, I, I would say one of, the two, one of those two teams, uh, either the Red Sox or the Cubs, unless the Cubs fall to the Brewers between now and then, will lose in the first round. History says that is the case. So in that environment, playing the probabilities there, I would say that uh, the field is my pick over the Red Sox. It appears that the Braves are going to win the NL East and that they're going to run away with it potentially as the Phillies have collapsed. The uh, Washington Nationals never really have gotten anywhere other than 500 the whole year. In your mind, is the NL East done? Is Atlanta going to win? Yes. Uh, I think the Phillies... Clay, that they've had a great run in, in, in many ways, and, and, and they were arriving a year ahead of schedule uh, to, to being a competitive ball club. But uh, they have been so inconsistent uh, since the beginning of August, uh, and, and the missed opportunities. The Braves are, are really, I think, separating themselves. I I just don't think the Phillies have enough schedule uh, to, to come back and, and and surpass the Braves there. And again, it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a year the Phillies can feel proud of. It's also a missed opportunity. Uh, the, the Phillies ought to feel much better about 2018 than the Nationals, for example, a, a team that uh, they're watching their, their playoff window, if not close definitively now, they're, they're watching Bryce Harper enter free agency without ever advancing out of the first round, which is uh, remarkable and, and I think for Nationals fans very sad. 
but I I just look at the Braves right now, Clay. They're 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 pitching very well. We're seeing Mike Fultonavich come back. He had a little injury issue earlier this year. He has been very consistent here lately. Um, they're just a better team right now. I still have some worries about the Braves bullpen in the playoffs, but uh, they're they're winning some really key games in the last week or so to distance themselves. And I think they're they're going to be the choice there to win the NL East. The Rockies are in first place now in the NL West. Who is going to win the NL West? Can the Dodgers catch them? Are the Diamondbacks still in the mix? I mean, that is a uh, a heck of a uh, of a race down the stretch. As is the NL Central, honestly, with three teams in both divisions fighting it out. But let's start in the West. I I, I think it's still going to be the Dodgers. I, it's hard to pick against a team that's got that much talent, uh, and, and of course uh, they've got Clayton Kershaw on the mound tonight, the Dodgers do, uh, facing the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. should be a great series over the weekend there. Um, I, I just I feel that eventually the Dodgers will find a way. They've got the best run differential in the National League, and the last time, uh, according to Anthony Masterson of uh, Fox Sports, the last time that we saw a team have the best record, or the best run differential, rather, in their league and missed the playoffs was the 05 Indians. And it's really hard to be that good in terms of uh, runs scored, runs allowed over the course of the year and not make the playoffs. I, I'm a believer that eventually that is going to work itself out, uh, to, to, uh, to put it that way, and I think that eventually the Dodgers are going to find a way to get into the playoffs. Uh, the, the Rockies, though, they've been a magnificent team to watch. They've uh, they've done it with young pitching. Both uh, Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez have been outstanding for the Rockies, um, and so m- maybe they find a way, but I, I just believe the overall talent that we've seen, the numbers bear it out. The Dodgers, uh, with run differential, are in fact the best team in the National League, and I have to think in some way uh, they find their way into the top five of their league and make the playoffs. What's remarkable about that, too, by the way, the Dodgers right now at plus 133 run differential. The Colorado Rockies are minus two. Uh, So, I mean, you talk about a team that has gotten the runs at the exact right time, right? I mean, you know, when you really kind of break that down, it's pretty remarkable for people out there who are wondering the Houston Astros are the best in Major League Baseball at run differential. The Boston Red Sox, second best place. Uh, or what happens in the uh, in the NL Central? Uh, do you think that the uh, the Cubs are going to hang on to it, or do you think uh, maybe the Milwaukee or the uh, the Cardinals can make a run? Uh, well, Milwaukee's made it really interesting, and certainly the way they've been playing here lately. Um, I I though I'll give the edge to the Cubs. I think the way that they've pitched with both Hamels and and Lester in their rotation. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the experience, and, and I think Joe Madden has really found found out some things about how he wants that lineup to look now. With with Daniel Murphy leading off, Chris Bryant in the two hole, and, and Javier Baez batting fifth. Uh, I think that's going to be their group now going forward. So uh, the Brewers, though, uh, we have seen uh, their bullpen uh, with, with Josh Hader who has been dominant in the last uh, couple weeks for him, and. and Jeremy Jeffress, they had Joaquin Sorry pitch a big inning for them last night. Um, I, I think that overall their bullpen is better than what the Cubs have, which will matter. Uh, but I, I think ultimately the Cubs' lineup depth and the Cubs' rotation depth with Cole Hamels coming in as the reigning NL Pitcher of the Month, I think the Cubs will just be a better probably by about a game, maybe two. But uh, I think it's going to be very narrow, and eventually the Cubs will win the NL Central.
Um, last question for you. You mentioned Bryce Harper and uh, that, you know, clearly the Washington Nationals, barring a complete collapse by the Braves, are basically done and that Bryce Harper is never going to advance to the second round. The Nationals are never going to win a series there. Where's he going to go and how quickly does this resolve itself? We've seen free agency big time in the NBA. We've seen it to a certain extent in the NFL. This is going to be the biggest free agent situation we've had in Major League Baseball for a very long time. How does this play out for people out there who are kind of paying attention to this? Well, Clay, it's a great question because it's going to be the big topic of baseball this winter, both Harper and Manny Machado. Of course, Machado wrapping up his time with the Dodgers, just a half-season rental there. With Harper, I still think we talk about the Red Sox in the field for the playoffs. I still think there's the Nationals in the field for Harper, and I guess I would go with the field for them, for the Harper question as well, but there's still a pretty good chance, maybe – 40% uh, that he signs with the Nationals uh, because th- there's that comfort factor. And the, the question that, that I have that a lot of people have around the industry is how willing is Harper to go with the short-term deal with a really high average annual value? If, if his price tag is going to be about $35 million a year over 10 years, I, I am not sure who's going to be involved. If his price tag is $35 million over three years, a lot of teams are involved. And that certainly would include his current team, the Nationals. It could also include the Dodgers. It could also include the Giants, depending on how they feel about their, uh, their overall direction as, as a franchise. Um, we could see some surprises there if they go to more of that NBA model of, of the, the higher AAV and then the shorter-term deal. So I, I, I think... The, uh, the I would still go with the field, but I'd put the chances of, of the Nationals resigning him at around 40 or 45 uh, percent. Of course, they they have got Juan Soto, who's been so good. They've called up Victor Robles. They've also got Adam Eaton there in the outfield and Michael Taylor. So they've got enough outfielders where the Nationals, candidly, and I was I was told this by a source this week, they believe they actually have a number of other needs that have to be addressed: pitching depth, catching. So Bryce Harper is not the fix for everything that ails the Washington Nationals. Last little bit here. When you mention those numbers, it's possible that Bryce Harper is going to sign the most lucrative deal in the history of American pro sports when I hear those numbers that you're talking about. Yes. I mean, that's going to be an eye-opener to a lot of people, right? I mean, for him to become the highest-paid athlete of all time in the history of American pro sports, a pretty big deal. It is, and and Machado could have the same thing happen to him. I mean, that's why, Clay, it, it fascinates me, and we talk a lot about about where baseball fits in the national sports conversation. Clearly clearly, the game is doing pretty well, or else yeah. we wouldn't it be having players that are making money on this level, and, and baseball wouldn't be the only sport in, in our country that does not have a salary cap. So th- there, is, there is a lot of money in this game, a lot of money being made by a lot of people in it, both the players and the teams themselves and the owners. Um, uh, so clearly... The game is doing just fine. Uh, and are there ways that it can improve? Yes, but but for for the financial health of the game to be such that you've got a number of players already earning in excess of twenty five million dollars a year, the the sport is is quite healthy, especially at the local level. Local TV ratings, actually youth participation. You wouldn't know it, but uh, on the day of the World Cup final, the New York Times ran a story that talked about how baseball participation is up and soccer participation is down. 
So uh, it doesn't fit with the narrative that you hear a lot, but uh, baseball clay is, is doing quite well. Outstanding stuff as always. Appreciate you waking up early with us. He's John Morosi. Go follow him on Twitter. Appreciate it, my man. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Eddie Garcia, what you got for me? Let's give you your Geico scoreboard from Major League Baseball with the Red Sox beating the Blue Jays 1-0 to become the first team, first Red Sox team since 1946 to win 100 games in a season. Brewers over the Cubs 5-1. Milwaukee now one game back of Chicago for first in the NL Central. Rockies walk off with a 5-4 win over the Diamondbacks. Arizona now three back of Colorado in the NL West. Rockies still have a game and athlete on LA for first in the division with the Dodgers beating the Reds 8-1. Cardinals fall to the Pirates 4-3. St. Louis holding a two-game lead out on LA for the final wild card spot in the National League. Astros over the Tigers 5-4. Houston still three up on Oakland for the AL West lead with the A's beating the Orioles 10-0. Oakland did move one game back of New York for the number one wild card spot in the American League with the Yankees falling to the Twins 3-1. And news from the NBA. Oklahoma City Thunder star Russell Westbrook's going to have arthroscopic surgery on his knee just 13 days before the starting training camp. He will miss all of the NBA preseason. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Good stuff, uh, as always. We're going to have some Animal Thunderdome for you. We got an update on the man-eating killer tiger in India. If you missed the show, was it yesterday or two days ago, whatever day it was, there has been a man-eating tiger in India that has killed 12 people. This is real. I'm not making it up. And also, my worst nightmare, Danny G's going to share it. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Two years ago, Tupac Shakur died. Danny G playing a lot of Tupac music today. Uh, appreciate all of you spending your morning with us across the country. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Summer's still here, which means it's time to get to the ballpark. But without a working car battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers free battery testing, so you can be a part of the action with free services from AutoZone. You can't lose. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Um, hour three coming up next, we're going to talk with Jerry Rice, uh, maybe the greatest, if uh, probably is, the greatest wide receiver of all time. Uh, he will be joining us. And we're going to talk with my guy, Todd Furman, who will wake up early with us in Las Vegas. And we will be talking about uh, the college football and NFL weekend to come, give you some gambling picks and talk about our new television show, uh, Lock It In, which uh, I think uh, a lot of you have responded to favorably. I've actually been surprised. Almost no negativity on social media associated with uh, the show. And social media hates everything. So we're three days in, and so far people who are watching are saying, hey, this seems to be getting a little bit better. And that's the goal, get a little bit better every day. Um, And uh, speaking of getting a little bit better every day, we talked yesterday about this man-eating tiger, which I am fascinated by. So there is a tiger that has killed 12 people in India. It's the same tiger they've been able to tell by DNA testing. They can tell by the bite. Um, And uh, this is crazy. It went all the way up to, it's a female tiger, by the way, a tigress, I guess is how you pronounce it. They went all the way to India's Supreme Court uh, to fight over whether or not this tiger could be killed. And I can't believe this, that there were people who were saying, no, no, you got to let the tiger continue to live. It's killed 12 people. Oh, wait, sorry, 13 people, according to CNN. They've added another one since January of 2016. So this tiger in the eastern Yavatmal district has killed 13 people, uh, three people in August alone. And uh, this has gotten crazy. They're, they're like, oh, what are we going to do about this? Well, some of the crazy uh, conservation people are like, oh, you can't kill a tiger. 
even though it's killed 13 people. Well, the Indian Supreme Court had to decide this thing. Uh, The court sided with local authorities. They are now allowing forest rangers to hunt and kill the tiger, uh, striking a blow to activists and campaigners battling to save the the tigers. I can't believe that anybody is arguing you shouldn't be able to kill a tiger that's killed 13 people. Uh, Sarita Subranimam questioned uh, that this was not fair. They only plan to kill uh, because they have uh, hired a hunter. Uh, All this different stuff. Anyway, this tiger has killed 13 people, and that's the update. So we will give you an update on either when the tiger kills another person, this man-eating tiger that has killed 13 people. That's an unbelievable story. Or when it is killed, the battle in India is officially underway. All right, so uh, Danny G, you also... I didn't even do the cue, did I? No, uh, you Cue the music, did. boys. Let's play the music. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bullet and strict respect to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. Always good. All right, this is my worst nightmare. So we just talked about the killer tiger, which has now been allowed to be killed. But this story, a bunch of you sent it to me. You can always find me on Twitter, at Clay Travis. When I saw this story, I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Uh, It involves snakes. And, And by the way, really quick, Clay, before the snakes slither on your timeline, on Twitter, you did say 22 years ago today. Your mic wasn't on yet, so it sounded like you said Tupac died two years ago. Just he- ah. just heads up. That just, would be a big surprise. Well, I maybe know, he right? did. A lot of people think <laughs> maybe, Tupac is still alive. Hey, so maybe, maybe he's he in Cuba. Yeah, he ago. could be in Cuba with a cigar right now. Yeah, who knows? All right, yeah. All so right, I check said 22, this. but the mic wasn't on yet. Right. <laughs> check this out. Snakes, and I showed this video to Roberto, and he's like, what are those two snakes doing? Because it looks like they're mating. But it was actually two snakes wrestling, Clay. They were caught mid-combat, falling through a ceiling into someone's room. It's not going to surprise you. It happened to unsuspecting residents in Brisbane, Australia. Where else? Well, so many of our animal Thunderdome stories happened. Were they poisonous snakes? Pythons. Coastal carpet pythons. Intertwined in a wrestling match, apparently over a female snake. They called in a trapper. How would you like to be a, a snake trapper, Clay? A catcher? I don't know what you would have to pay. In all honesty, <laughs> I don't know what you would have to pay me to be a snake trapper. <laughs> this uh, snake catcher posted uh, a video on Sunday night showing these two coastal carpet pythons fighting, and they made quite a mess inside this Australia home. It's a crazy video. You Do really they have need to pythons see in Australia, or are these pythons, like all the other pythons, they just got out of their cages and they've escaped, and now they're everywhere? That's a good question. This this article does not talk about that, but you have to see the video of this. It, the audio wasn't good enough to play on the air, but visually, it is awesome to watch. Just uh, YouTube fighting snakes bedroom ceiling. Clay's that sounds like it could. Worst that sounds like it could be a dangerous nightmare. search. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely. I don't know if I want to Google that. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> you got to be careful when you put in things like that. Uh, I don't know what that's going to lead me to. I thought two girls, one cup was going to be a great ice cream story. We know what happened there. <laughs>
Um, all right, so uh, that is the Animal Thunderdome. Up next, we're going to talk with Jerry Rice, the legendary San Francisco 49er wide receiver. He will join us, and uh, we will also talk with Todd Furman. We'll get you some gambling picks, and we'll talk about the new show. Lock it in. Two hours in the books, Thursday edition. Appreciate all of you joining us. Also want to tell everybody that we will kind of keep you updated tomorrow morning early uh, with the hurricane arriving. I know we have so many affiliates in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia and Virginia a lot of you listening right now in areas that will be severely impacted by that storm so we will uh, wish you the best obviously but we'll hopefully be able to keep you a little bit informed in the morning because I know many people will be using their radio as a way when the power goes out in uh, in many of those jurisdictions as you would certainly expect would end up happening appreciate all of you spending your Thursday morning with us up next Jerry Rice here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Live from the Geico Outkick studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote Tuesday, sorry, Thursday, week two of the NFL uh, season is officially underway tonight. We have got the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens going uh, into battle tonight and also college football week three action kicking off football is always here you know one of the things I think that they'll have to contemplate as they kind of decide what the future of the NFL television contract looks like is it's all like we get Tuesday and Wednesday off and even that doesn't really count because sometimes you got action going on on a Tuesday or Wednesday night randomly during the season Um, it's interesting how Football season almost is perpetual once it actually gets going. And so tonight, I think it's an actually really interesting divisional matchup uh, as we see uh, 1-0 Cincinnati Bengals and the 1-0 Baltimore Ravens. Andy Dalton versus Joe Flacco. I'll be watching. I'm sure we'll be opening the show on Friday with that. What's going to happen in the AFC North, that battle as it continues to play out this year. Are the Steelers the prohibitive favorite? Can the Browns be remotely decent? That's the question. So we'll see what happens in that divisional uh, divisional game. And also, uh, this is, I believe, am I correct in this, the first Thursday night football game on Fox. So Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, and Aaron Andrews, I think, will be on this call. And uh, this will be the first regular season game on the new Fox Thursday night football package. So that's something to pay attention to a little bit to see how uh, that will shake out by and large. And uh, it should be pretty intriguing. Um, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen there. Uh, if you have not... If you did miss the first couple hours of the show, we keep setting new podcast download records, and I appreciate all of you for sharing the show and getting people uh, to dive in and grab onto this show. Uh, Make sure you go download the first couple hours. We've had a lot of fun, uh, great guests, and uh, all is uh, progressing well. So we had uh, John Morosi. Sometimes people say, you don't talk baseball enough. Every Thursday hour or two, we talk baseball with John Morosi, so he was great. Um, And I do think it's pretty amazing that that Bryce Harper deal is likely. He's got about 16 games left with the Washington Nationals in theory, and he may re-sign with the Nationals. Who knows? But regardless, he is likely to sign the most lucrative American sports contract ever. And baseball is going to have a little bit of the LeBron James NBA free agency fervor in terms of where Bryce Harper is going to go, even though this year has not been a spectacular year for Bryce Harper. So all of that will be unpacked. All of that will be uh, determined and uh, all of that will be great. I believe we've got uh, legendary NFL wide receiver Jerry Rice uh, about to join us. Is he ready to go, Danny G? Yeah, he's with us. All right, Jerry Rice joining us now, and I uh, appreciate you joining us, obviously, legendary uh, San Francisco 49er wide receiver. I think the first question 
that anybody would want to know, uh, Jerry, as we come into week two of the NFL season, who's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now in your mind? Who's the best receiver in the NFL right now? Hmm, that's a tough one. I think it's between these three guys, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham. If I had to pick one of those guys, I would say right now is probably uh, Antonio Brown. When you see the way those guys play now and the way the ball gets thrown around the field and the way quarterbacks get protected, does any part of you wish you were playing in today's NFL? I wish I was playing all the time. You know, I <laughs> loved the game of football. It was exciting to me. I, I enjoyed uh, bringing entertainment to uh, so many people. And I didn't mind those two-a-days, uh, you know, practices. I, uh, I enjoyed, uh, you know, preseason football. Also, regular season football. So, yeah, I, I look back and I, I, I wish I was still playing. What made Joe Montana so good? I think really what made Joe Montana so good is that he was a great leader. Uh, the way he practiced, the time that he put in, the way he had that it factor that could make players better around him. And, and I think, uh, you know, he was a winner. You know, he wanted to win championships and he worked hard for it. When you look back at your career now, what do you consider the peak? What moments do you think about the most when you, uh, when you contemplate the career that you had? When I look back at my career, I think it was just that, uh, you know, it was not about the records. It was all about winning. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to call it what it is. And, and every time I stepped on the football field, I wanted to win. And uh, if that didn't happen, then I had to come back the next week and I had to work harder and prepare myself a certain way. So, uh, you know, those are some of the things that I reflect on. But, you know, overall, it was just that putting on that uniform and going out on that football field in front of uh, 60,000 people or more and, and trying to win football games. You went to Mississippi Valley State. Um, and when you got into the NFL – when did you realize, hey, I can be pretty good here? Not when you realized, hey, I can be dominant at times, but was there a moment when it crystallized and you believed, or were you nervous, or did you always believe it, even coming out of Mississippi Valley State? You know, I never got to a point where I felt like I was pretty good. I, I, and I think that was a motivating factor for me and uh, kept pushing me to work harder. You know, I think a lot of guys, they, they, they get complacent a little bit, then they let their guard down. But, I, you know, I think it was that fear of failure that – kept pushing me, and, and that's the reason why, uh, you know, I had so many successful years, and I had great teammates to, uh, to support me and, and give me that uh, uh, opportunity to go out there and showcase my abilities. We're talking to Jerry Rice. Uh, another guy who went to a small school in the South and ended up making a name for himself was Terrell Owens. What did you think about T.O. not going to his induction ceremony at the Hall of Fame? Well, you know, I think Terrell, Terrell is uh, he's his, his own man. And, uh, you know, I wish he had gone to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he decided not to. But I still support him 100% because this guy, he was awesome on the football field, great teammate, and he was all about winning. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I still support him 100%. As, a, as one of the most famous 49ers of all time, I don't know if you've talked about this. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Colin Kaepernick, when, when he started to kneel on the sideline for the 49ers, what was your reaction? Just not necessarily as Jerry Rice, legendary San Francisco 49er, but just as a guy who had played for the 49ers before. I was very shocked by that, but, you know, uh, 
one thing about uh, our country, you can voice your opinion. You know, I think he was all about social injustice, uh, just bringing awareness to that. And the thing, too, is that I don't think he, he was disrespecting uh, the military or the flag, but, you know, we do have some problems that we need to address. And uh, so I was very shocked by it because I, I feel like you should never bring politics to, uh, you know, to sports. You know, I think a lot of people responded to that. So you personally, like, and I'm of the opinion that you are, which is sports is an escape from politics oftentimes, right. not a reflection of politics. Yeah, and, uh, you know, but you've you got to respect the league and, and, and what Nike is doing, you know, what, what the players are doing, and at least they're bringing awareness, and now it's something that we can address. Who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? I asked you best wide receiver. You said you thought probably <laughs> Antonio Brown. Is it is it Aaron Rodgers? I mean, is there a guy who reminds you of Montana, or is the game changed to a certain extent? Who would you want to play for if you could play for any quarterback right now in the league? Well, you got to say Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know all of these great players. You know they uh, these guys they they know what it takes to win football games. They put their uh, teammates in a position where they can win. Last question for you. Who are you here with and why are you here with us this morning on Fox Sports Radio? Well, you know, um, I have partnered with uh, Marriott uh, International and the loyalty program. And I'm glad to be a part of this because Marriott Rewards, then you got the SPG. Uh, there's over 200 exclusive uh, uh, NFL experiences. And where, the, where their members, this is unbelievable because their members, they have access to this and they can bid on you know, certain, uh, you know, events. And I have one coming up, and this is going to be unbelievable because this is like my master class moment, December 17th. It's going to be uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's going to be uh, at the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium. And I get the opportunity to showcase my abilities and, and pass some knowledge on to the members, and we're going to have a great time. But they better be ready to work December 17. So moments.marriottrewards.com. Go check it out, and uh, everything is there. Outstanding, as always. Jerry Rice, we appreciate it. Thank you, and have a good uh, Thursday morning. Hey, I appreciate that. Have a good one. It's Jerry Rice. Uh, interesting. Interesting discussion there. You just got in your car, missed part of it. It'll be up on the podcast. We're going to be joined here shortly by uh, Todd Furman. Um well, I agree with him. I mean, I, I wanted to ask him about the Colin Kaepernick question because I think as a legendary San Francisco 49er, they're connected in some way. And I do think that his position that, look, politics and sports should be separate, I think is the right one. Uh, obviously, everything is political now, but I don't necessarily think that's a good position for the country to be in. And I think there's starting to be a recognition and understanding that that is true. I start to see, you know, my book's going to be out in a couple of weeks. I think I'm winning that argument. Uh, in in the way that I see society kind of uh, moving. Um, I think certainly ESPN is starting to acknowledge that they made a lot of disastrous decisions and that they could have made better decisions. We'll see. Uh, up next, we're going to talk with my guy, Todd Furman. Um, he is going to be talking about our new show, Lock It In, 4.30 Eastern on uh, FS1, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. You can set your DVRs. We're three shows in, and uh, we're having a good time. And uh, obviously, the NFL Week 2 kicks off tonight with the Ravens going up against Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll talk about that game. We'll talk about all the upcoming action in the NFL, and we will get you ready 
for college football week three. What games do we agree on? What games do we disagree on? All of that and more. But first, I want to tell you, if you've been paying attention at all to the economy, you know that we are near record low unemployment. Unemployment rate has not been this low for nearly 50 years. If you are trying to hire for your business, it is really difficult to find the right talent for your business because the unemployment rate is so low and because if you're trying to hire for a specific job, a lot of people may not have the qualifications that you need. What if you had the ability to get people sent to you thanks to a great matching technology? How much easier would that make your job? Well, you've got it now. Thanks to ZipRecruiter.com, you can go there and find out who the best candidates are. They don't depend on candidates finding you. They find them for you. This is great. Uh, It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S., This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. You can go right now to ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay to make sure you hire the right person. Again, that right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-L-A-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. ZipRecruiter the smartest way to hire. Welcome back. Uh, Let's see here. Where do I need to be? I need to be on this part of the reads. Let me scroll down. Yeah, I'm going to get there. Let's see here. This is a lot of ads. Uh, Welcome back. Geico, Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. So far, we've done three shows. It seems like we're going to be able to come back for next week. Uh, Todd Furman is on that show with me. It is called Lock It In, 4.30 Eastern, uh, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific on FS1. Furman, what would you say about the first three days of the show? That if last night was any indication, we should be picking day baseball games that are already over by the time we go on air. So you, (laughs) Cousin Sal, and myself don't go winless as a trio. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, we got big games coming up, at least on the NFL and the college football slates. What's jumping out to you on the NFL slate? Let's start there because we got a Thursday night game between the Ravens and the Bengals. Which side, if any, do you like here? I think the game tonight is fascinating. When you look at the Cincinnati and how they ended Baltimore season in week 17 a bit prematurely, the Ravens were about a 97% favorite to get into the postseason, and they crumbled in the waning seconds uh, against Andy Dalton and company. So I'm curious to see how inspired Baltimore plays tonight. Big expectations for them as far as the AFC North. But when you look at Sunday's schedule, I I think you want to try and focus on what's going to take place, another revenge scenario down in Jacksonville where it's the Jags, a modest one, one one-and-a-half point underdog against New England. Of course, they blew a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter in the AFC Championship. I think New England still trying to figure out its identity offensively aside from Tom Brady. Defense should be improved, but they'll have their hands full, even if Leonard Fournette can't go. And then a game, Clay, I know we've talked about at great lengths that will take place Sunday night between the Cowboys and Giants. 
History doesn't lie. And in the NFL, if you start 0-2, you've got about an 11% chance to make the postseason. Uh, both of these proud franchises thought they could have bounce-back years, uh, and obviously one of them is going to go to 0-2. I really think both teams are going to do a lot of soul-searching, so I'm fascinating to see Sunday night's game unfold. What do you think is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? Um, you know, he says he's not taking pain pills because he wants to know how his sprained knee feels. In the immediate aftermath of the win over the Bears, it sounded like he was gung-ho. Yes, I'll definitely be there. The line, I think, is still not out there. You can't bet on this game between the Vikings and the uh, Green Bay Packers. What should happen from a gambling perspective? What do you think will happen? Well, if I'm the Packers, and I know Aaron Rodgers wants a chance to get back on the field against a team that essentially ended his season last year with a broken collarbone, but I'm not rushing him back. If I can give him an extra week against this tenacious defense to heal up a little bit, I have much bigger aspirations as a franchise uh, than I do just trying to win one game in the division. Now, if Rodgers is unavailable, you'd be looking at Minnesota right around a touchdown favorite given the downgrade from Rodgers to Deshaun Kaiser anywhere uh, from 7.5 to 9.5 points, slightly better than what it would have been to Brett Hundley. And ultimately, I think Rodgers gets ruled out uh, if I had to make a guess right now. But at this point, nothing really shocks me. Uh, I'll be more than happy to try and go under the total if Rodgers is in there and he's hobbling around on one leg. So you think he doesn't play? Yeah, I just don't see the Packers trying to put him at risk in this particular spot. I mean, knowing that he could be a sitting duck in the pocket against a defensive line that may live in the backfield. I have to give the Packers credit. Last Sunday night, they protected Rodgers in the second half against the Bears. But clearly, if he was under duress, he wasn't going to be able to avoid the pass rush. And I don't think you sacrifice the next 14 games of the regular season, potentially, uh, for one win this week, should it be an MCL or something a little more serious. What's going on with Andrew Luck? Uh, obviously, the Colts still don't have great talent surrounding him. They almost got the win over the Bengals. They had the late fumble. Now they're going on the road against the Redskins. The Redskins are nearly a touchdown favorite. What did you see from Andrew Luck? How would you play a game like this? I actually think he looked a little bit better than I anticipated, Clay. We were working under the assumption that he was going to be about 75 to 80% at best. He goes out there, throws it around 53 times, over 300 yards, and if it wasn't for a Jack Doyle fumble late, we could be talking about the Colts kicking a game-winning field goal and getting out of Dodge with a season opening victory. You mentioned the number this weekend. Washington, of course, looked like the greatest thing since sliced bread when they carved up Arizona. This number opened the Redskins a four and a half point favorite. It's ticked out to five and a half. And while luck gets all the headlines, this is a Colts roster that doesn't have a ton of talent, either on the defensive side or an offensive line that has major question marks. They're still not healthy at the running back position, and it puts an undue amount of stress on a quarterback that's still nowhere near 100%. I think they may have a puncher's chance to cover this weekend, catching the six, uh, but not a game that I've really spent a whole lot of time diving into. How do you assess uh, value? Big news uh, if you're a Buffalo Bill fan. Josh Allen going to officially get the start against the Chargers. It's a home game. How do you value a guy like Josh Allen who there's really no tape on when it comes to setting the line? Uh, and especially coming off Sam Darnold, who I think maybe we had a little bit more expectation for what he was going to do because he had played against some of the ones in the preseason. We really haven't seen much from Josh Allen. The Chargers are over a touchdown favorite on the road in Buffalo. How do you bet this one? In reality, neither of these guys are going to move the needle. Whether uh, Coach McDermott elected to go with the jo rookie Josh Allen like he did or start Nathan Peterman again, I mean, these guys are more or less awash. Buffalo has more questions than they do answers, especially on the offensive line. They were extremely fortunate a season ago to even get to the playoffs. They def 
defied a number of the key metrics that we look at. We handicap these teams week in, week out. They can't put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. This is a spot you'd expect them to bounce back and play a little bit better in front of their home crowd. The Chargers nowhere near 100% themselves. They had some injuries in the secondary that they were dealing with. Joey Bosa still out dealing with a bone bruise, which I think may be a little bit more serious than the organization wants to let on. And if there's a team not afraid to go on the road and lose to inferior competition, it might be the Los Angeles Chargers. You look at them last week against Kansas City. Yes, they put up a crooked number offensively, uh, but Patrick Mahomes and company really had a field day carving up that defense. All right, I'm going to be at this game. It's in uh, my hometown here. I'm a season ticket holder. The Texans are uh, obviously uh, Deshaun Watson's debut coming off that injury. Not as good as they would have hoped on the road against the Patriots. But now they've got a massive divisional game. The Texans go on the road against the Titans. Mariota's health seems like he's going to play. He practiced fully uh, yesterday. How do you break down a game like this? Because as you mentioned, if you go to 0-2, you have about a 90% chance not to make the playoffs in the NFL. One of these teams is going to emerge 0-2, and uh, obviously their fan base are not going to be very uh, happy with that. What do you see here? I think this can be a tall task for the Titans when you consider that not only is Marcus Mariota probably not coming into this game at 100%, uh, you lose Delaney Walker, who had more or less been his key cog in the passing game over the last couple of seasons. The offensive line is nowhere near healthy. And I still have some major questions about how buttoned up the Titans are. I mean, you look at every momentum play they had, and I know the game went on for 37 hours uh, amid rain and lightning delays in South Florida, but it was special teams. It was big plays in the passing game. I think I look at Houston, and this is a team that's only going to get better each week as Deshaun Watson tries to work through some of the rust and begins to trust his knee. And I know we talked about it on the show yesterday, Clay. You mentioned it. Houston has so many guys that can rush the passer that if you can't protect your quarterback, this is not an ideal matchup. The t- Texans secondary, maybe it's addition by subtraction. I hate to say it with Kevin Johnson, who was rated one of the worst DBs in the entire league last year, being shelved with concussion symptoms. I think Houston's a team that you'd want to buy stock in now. Uh, and I really believe this is a very short number, only a two-point road favor to Nashville. We're talking to Todd Furman. He is uh, on Lock It In with me every afternoon, 4.30 Eastern on FS1. How do you factor in, and I haven't heard very many people talk about this, Mike Vrabel being the former defensive coordinator of the Houston Texans? So, in theory, he has a better knowledge probably of this Houston Texans defense than almost anybody. Does that help? when we have a coach who switches sides effectively and maybe knows the internal mechanisms better of the team he's coaching against than uh, the team is able to break down him? Or are there no secrets in the NFL so that kind of stuff really doesn't matter? No, I really think it does play a role. I mean, we look at the way the Lions struggled on Monday Night Football against the Jets. Todd Bowles had faced a Matt Patricia defense for years, and the Jets come out and say they were essentially in the huddle. They knew the play calls before they were going to happen, and you saw the results on the field. You look at the way New England has had mass against the Houston Texans. Romeo Cornell, of course, comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. So I think this does play a big role, and it's imperative for Bill O'Brien and his defensive play callers to figure out how they can disguise some of their coverages, because if Vrabel is picking these things up, it's going to make life significantly easier for the Titans offense. So that definitely should play a role. And we even saw it in the Twin Cities, where Kirk Cousins failed to complete a pass in the fourth quarter against his former head coach and Kyle Shanahan. Now, whether that's rust, whether that's picking up on tendencies there's a lot to be said about coaches who have broken down film on their own players having a little bit of an intangible edge against their former staff all right let's go to college football LSU Auburn I have said and looked at this game a ton I've convinced myself that Auburn is going to win with ease but it's going to be low scoring what do you see here 
It's always tough to advocate laying nearly double digits in a game where you don't think there's going to be a ton of offense. So it can be a workmanlike effort for Auburn, but it might be one of those games where you're sitting on a, let's call it a, a 21-7 lead deep into the fourth quarter. LSU is never really threatened. They march down. They get a meaningless touchdown drive uh, as the clock wanes down. But for me, I'm right there with you. Uh, it's definitely a lay-it-or-don't-play-it type scenario, a game where Auburn blew a 20 to nothing lead last year, had a chance to derail their season. But Jared Stidham and company have come out and said the right things. The, the thing they took away from last year's game is that if they would have won that game, they don't think they would have actually made the SEC championship, and it's counterintuitive. This was kind of their wake-up call. I look at the Tigers. If you can stymie Joe Burrow, and I'm pretty sure good high school defenses in this country can, it puts an undue amount of pressure on their ground game against Auburn's tenacious defensive line. So I would advocate for laying the points with the favorite, but I also think if you have a book that offers a team total under, uh, betting LSU under 17.5 points seems like a very good investment as well. We're talking to Todd Furman. Watch him later this afternoon on Lock It In, live with me on FS1 at 4.30 Eastern. Okay, what about Ohio State TCU? Uh, and what in particular is the impact of Urban Meyer not being on the sideline? Urban's one of the few head coaches that I actually would make an adjustment in my power number. Now, it's not going to be massive by any stretch of the imagination because if you get into key situations in the game, Who's going to command that huddle? When the players are looking around, if they start slowly, are they going to put their trust uh, in Coach Day? Are they going to look towards Greg Schiano? Are they going to try and go to Alex Grinch uh, to make those key adjustments? We know Gary Patterson is a master tactician, and when you back out games against Oklahoma, I mean, this is a TCU team that's really thrived in the underdog role. The problem I have here with the Horned Frogs is I don't know what to expect from Sean Robinson. He's extremely talented, and he's TCU's quarterback of the future, but he hasn't faced a defensive line this good at any point in his life. I think Ohio State's going to be able to put a ton of pressure on him, and I do also worry about TCU's defensive line actually being able to put pressure on Dwayne Haskins. The one thing we've seen from Ohio State, they haven't been afraid to stretch the field early on in the season so far, albeit against two inferior opponents. And while this is the first matchup between these two pro proud programs since 1973, it'll be awfully interesting to see if the Buckeyes can replicate the success from the last time they were in Arlington. That, of course, was winning a national championship in the first college football playoff under Cardale Jones' watchful eye. All right, one other top 25 game, Oklahoma State-Boise State. Boise people are out there saying, you know what, maybe we're a uh, sort of shadow candidate to make the college football playoff. Boise has been very impressive in the first two weeks, as has Oklahoma State, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Over under 63.5, I like the over here. What am I missing? Well, I'm not sure Boise State, even with the resounding win here, is going to have a chance to crash the college football playoff party. It's just one of those things when we look at the landscape that strength of schedule in the Mountain West isn't going to give them enough, nor will non-conference wins against UConn and Troy get them over the hump. My fear here, Clay, as far as going against your total, is that I don't know what Oklahoma State is offensively. Taylor Cornelius, this will be his first real test, breaking in some new receivers in Tylen Wallace and Tyron Johnson, who replaced the ultra-productive James Washington and Marcel Aitman, who are at the next level. To Coach Gundy's credit, he didn't exactly use Jalen McCleskey a ton in their wins against you know, Southeast Missouri State and or South Alabama trying to hold back some of uh, their big play potential. But this is a Boise team that, aside from losing Leighton Vander Esch, who was drafted by the Cowboys, has a Power 5 caliber defense. They have a veteran quarterback in Brett Rippon, who I think is going to have a ton of success, and look for Alex Madison to find some holes. I have a pretty strong opinion on this game, and it will actually be posted as part of our a Vegas top 10 on Outkick later today. But when you look at Boise, this is a team that's only been an underdog 
41 times since 1993, and during that span, 27 and 14 against the spread. Probably have tipped my hand too much, uh, but if you're looking for a little more in-depth analysis, encourage folks to read that right up. So we'll have the Outkick Top 10, Vegas Top 10 from Todd Furman. It'll be up uh, probably about, I don't know, 20 minutes after the show ends today. So uh, so you can go check that out at outkick.com. Uh, you, Nebraska, is one of your favorite plays. You like, I believe, is it Troy going on the road against Nebraska? Yep, it is. Uh, Troy, 11.5, 12-point underdog, depending on where you shop. Uh, the Trojans were blown out by the aforementioned Boise to start the season, but that final score was a little bit misleading. And when you have a young quarterback who's taking over in control of a program and Caleb Barker, I think he's going to have a chance in what should be a little bit of a letdown spot for Nebraska, who came up just short against Colorado last weekend in what felt like a Big 8 showdown from the old days, knowing they have a massive conference game against Michigan on deck. But the bigger storyline here, Clay, is the health of Adrian Martinez, the very talented freshman quarterback for Scott Frost, dealing with a little bit of a knee injury. And even if he's out there, if he's not able to use his legs, I don't trust him enough as a pocket passer. Plus, you'd have to think, if you're Nebraska, do you really want to sacrifice this kid in a non-conference game? Give him an extra week to heal up, knowing that he's going to need every tool at his disposal to at least put pressure on a very, very talented Michigan defense. How would you break down the first three days of the show? I say all the time, I know we text after the show and are very critical of our performances. Every day they invite us back to do another show. I think it puts us in the right direction, but it's been an awful lot of fun. I think for three days, the chemistry that you, myself, Cousin Sal, and Rachel have built is only going to grow. The winners we know will also come in time. Uh, But as we've talked about, as long as we can entertain, educate, and inform, I think the show has major legs. And worst case scenario, if the hashtag Fade Clay Travis is trending on Twitter, we've really know, we really know we've done our job because we've provided consistency for our loyal viewers. Um, I'm curious on this. Are you surprised by how quickly everything has changed in sports gambling with the Supreme Court decision? I mean, you uh, have been talking, and I've been having you on as a guest for eight, nine years, whatever it is, since, uh, since we first met. You were working as an odds, uh, odds maker at Caesars at the time. Are you surprised? I mean, can you consider it was just in May that this decision officially came down? FS1 has got to show up. ESPN's got to show. Uh, Bleacher Report has got to show. CBS has got to show that you do work with. NBC is working on their own show. Are you surprised by how rapidly things have changed with that Supreme Court decision? Yes and no, and it's not quite to hedge my bets. We knew this was inevitable because we, uh, you and I had talked extensively about sports gambling programming kind of being that last frontier uh, that networks needed to integrate into the fabric of their daily lineups. Now, what has surprised me, and probably in a negative manner, is some of the personalities that are getting trotted out there on a lot of these networks, masquerading as experts and trying to advise people on where they should place their bets. If you're going to have fun with sports gambling and you're going to go out there, you're going to talk about the numbers, I have no problem with that. But if you're going to feign any level of expertise, uh, this is still very real money that's in play here. And I think some of the products we've seen out there, uh, I know I hold everybody to a higher standard. I can be relatively critical, but I think it's a fun time for the space, and I think ultimately the cream will rise to the top. So as people are looking to try and find ways to get their gambling content, whether it's radio with VSIN, a lot of the TV programs you mentioned, or some of the podcasts out there, uh, just make sure you trust those voices that are trying to steer you to the window in a positive manner. Good stuff as always. You can watch us this afternoon, 4.30 Eastern. Lock it in. I'll be there with Todd Furman. Talk to you next week, my man. Always a pleasure, Clay. Furman is really good. You know, I give him a hard time. He's a little bit nerdy. 
He's way too analytical when it comes to gambling. He knows his stuff. I mean, you just heard him run through like 20 different games there, breaking down every single bit of it from the NFL and the college football uh, landscape. It's an impressive amount of knowledge. And we have a good time. Um, it's a good show so far. Uh, me, Cousin Sal, Todd Furman, and Rachel Bonetta. Three shows in, getting a little bit better every day. Um, and uh, so far, the start's gone pretty well. Uh, let me bring in Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking the world of sports. All right, Clay, let's give you a Geico scoreboard from Major League Baseball where the Red Sox shut out the Blue Jays 1-0. That's 100 wins now on the season for the Red Sox. First team since 1946 for Boston to win 100 games in a season. Brewers over the Cubs 5-1. Milwaukee now just a game back of Chicago in the race for first in the NL Central. Rockies walk off with a 5-4 win over the Diamondbacks. Arizona now three and a half games back of Colorado in the NL West with that loss. The Rockies still have a game and a half lead atop the division on LA. The Dodgers beat the Reds 8-1. Cardinals fall to the Pirates 4-3. St. Louis' lead for the final wildcard spot in the National League is down to two games on LA. Astros get by the Tigers 5-4. Houston still three up on Oakland in the ALS. The A's did keep pace with a 10-0 win over the Orioles. And Oakland's also now just one game back of the New York Yankees for the first wildcard spot in the American League as the Yankees lost to the Twins 3-1. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. Now back to Clay Travis in the GEICO Outkick the Coverage Studios. It is uh, the GEICO Outkick Studios here where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We come back. The most ridiculous single story concerning Serena Williams and her outburst at the U.S. Open. We had some big discussions about this yesterday. You are not going to believe this headline. That's what you call a tease, boys and girls. Next hour next on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Summer's still here, which means it's time to get to the ballpark. But without a working car battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers free battery testing So you can be a part of the action with free services from AutoZone. You can't lose. Get in the zone, AutoZone. And this is awesome. This is wild. But this is an example of what I've talked about in general. Serena Williams, we talked about yesterday how absurd it was that she said, oh, I don't cheat, I'm a mom. And how ridiculous of a response that was when she was on the court in the U.S. Open. And then how ridiculous it was that the media praised her when she said, oh, this is an example of sexism in sports. It made no sense. It was completely illogical. It was totally absurd, right? Um, But this is pretty wild. The Washington Post. This is an example. I always say when people want to use sports to try to connect it to politics or larger societal issues, sometimes that can make sense. Oftentimes, I think it's a complete exaggeration. This is the Washington Post. Washington Post, one of the two or three most read newspapers in the entire country now, right? Top five for sure. The Washington Post yesterday had a headline. I'm not kidding about this. This is a direct quote that they tweeted out from their Twitter Twitter account. Washington Post, what Serena Williams' defeat tells us about the criminal justice system. I swear to God, this was a real headline. What Serena Williams losing in the U.S. Open women's final tells us about the criminal justice system. And I tweeted out just a screenshot of this. I didn't even want to tweet out the link. Um, And I wanted to read some of the amazing responses from you guys in the comments. Next discussion, according to Greg Bentley, what does the Urban Meyer penalty have in common with the Syrian conflict? 
uh, what Andrew Luck's shoulder tells us about creationism. Uh, it, this is These are amazing. What does hockey in the South have to do with world peace? My dog took a crap by the door today. What's this tell us about the criminal justice system? Amazing, unbelievable comments on this, uh, on this story. But this, to me, is an example of why and how people are trying so hard to take sports out of the arena of sports. Look, you can like Serena Williams, incredibly talented uh, tennis star, greatest women's player of all time, I think, no doubt. And you also had a really cool story, Naomi Osaka, I believe she's 20 years old, winning her first U.S. Open women's title, and she grew up a huge idol of Serena. Instead of Naomi Osaka's championship being much talked about and everyone kind of diving into that story of a new, and I know she's playing for Japan, but she has spent most of her life in America, Naomi Osaka has. She's half Japanese, half uh, black. Dad was, I believe, American, and uh, and mom was, uh, was born in Japan. So it's an incredible story. But instead of her story and her triumph becoming a cool story surrounding tennis, it's all been associated with the fallout from Serena Williams. I think it is, uh, it's utterly crazy and, uh, and, and utterly ridiculous. And a story like that, again, from the Washington Post, a bunch of editors sat around and they were like, hey, you know what makes sense? We should do a story about uh, criminal justice reform and tie it into what happened in the women's final. What Serena Williams' defeat tells us about the criminal justice system. That's a headline in the Washington Post editorial page. Just flat out unbelievable. Uh, And a uh, further example, I think, of people just trying so hard to make sports political when we could just sit back and enjoy the sport. And maybe you criticize Serena Williams for her overreaction during that match like we did. Maybe you can criticize the media for the way that they responded to that in deciding to defend her. I think all of those are entirely uh, fair points. All right, big stories in the NFL as we get ready for week two action. One, Josh Allen is now in as the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Nathan Peterman gets one start. They get blown out by the Baltimore Ravens. The Josh Allen era is officially underway. Two now of the first-round draft picks starting. Sam Darnold got the win Monday Night Football on the road against the Lions. We will see how Josh Allen does with the L.A. Chargers coming to Buffalo, traveling cross-country to play in a must-win game, frankly, for the Chargers, and one where I think Bills fans just want to sit back and say, okay, How good can Josh Allen be? It didn't take very long for two of these uh, rookie quarterbacks to be starting. How long will it take for Baker Mayfield? How long will it take for Josh Allen? We started off the show talking about that over-unders. I would say around eight weeks we'll start to hear what's going to happen with with that decision. Uh, But I would bet that all four of those guys will be starting at some point. I don't think it's likely Lamar Jackson will be starting unless something happens to Joe Flacco. That's kind of the, uh, the story in general. We'll see what transpires uh, there. Everything uh, everything else that's going on in the world of the NFL tonight, we've got a big game between the Cincinnati Bengals and between the Baltimore Ravens. One of these fan bases is going to be ecstatic at the end of Thursday night because if you start off 2-0, and you are in phenomenal shape. Joe Flacco has looked, frankly, like a new man since the Ravens made the decision to go grab Lamar Jackson. We'll see what ends up uh, transpiring there and uh, who is going to be able to win tonight. I think I think I like the Bengals here. I think I'm going to be on the Bengals tonight, even though it's difficult for me to bet on Andy Dalton. And even though the Baltimore Ravens have 
a real reason to be upset about the way their season ended when the Bengals came into town and won to knock them out of the playoffs. A revenge factor potentially at play in this game. But I think I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, and if Andy Dalton can start off 2-0, and maybe Cincinnati Bengal fans start to feel a little bit optimistic about the season. And certainly I think you should because I'm not convinced the Steelers are a prohibitive favorite in that division anymore. You know the Browns are going to be pretty bad. The Steelers have already got a tie in division. I think they got a really tough game going on against the Chiefs. I'm not sold on Ben Roethlisberger over the past couple of years. He has been really erratic. I think they miss Le'Veon Bell. I think the NFC North is wide open to be taken, and whoever wins tonight will grab control of that division early in Week 2 action in the NFL. So I can't wait to watch that. College football also back. We will break all this down and more for you guys. Also, want to say uh, best to everybody out there in North and South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia as well. It's a large strike zone for this tornado, for this hurricane that's coming in. We'll update you tomorrow morning, help you in the event your power's out. You'll be able to follow us. We have a lot of affiliates in all those markets. Our best to you and yours as you get ready for the hurricane to make landfall. I am Clay Travis. Appreciate you spending your Thursday morning with us. This is Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 